There we go. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, and kick this off. First of all, uh, I um, uh, for those who don't know me, I'm uh, I'm Al Hazred, short uh, Al for short, and uh, I am here to. Be, I will be the moderator and uh, basically the leader of this discussion. Uh, we're just going to be, and we have. I I want to thank all of our special guests for being uh, being here. Falcon Spy, Harbinger, Elwood, and TJ Null. Thank you guys so much. Uh, our these are representatives from offensive security, some of whom were directly involved in the in the the stuff we were in the changes we're going to be discussing today to the OSCP exam. Uh, and I want to thank you all for taking time out of your Saturday to uh, to join us and uh, talk directly to your students um, about the changes that were made. Uh, I, I'm everyone here is uh, is very grateful to you. I'm certainly extremely grateful to you. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, we have some questions that we're going to go ahead and ask that I compiled by looking at the uh, Discord and Twitter discourse on the subject. Um, and uh, we'll just have kind of a free-form discussion about each of them. Um, and from there, uh, we'll, I'm, we're also mo I'm also monitoring the, uh, the text chat. And if, if people have questions, feel free to post them there. And if there is time at the end... Uh, again, I don't want to take up too much of our time, the time of our guests, uh, but if there is time at the end, we'll go, we'll get, we'll get in some extra questions as well. Um, if that sounds good, we'll just go ahead and jump in. How's that sound, to all of you? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, it sounds fine. Uh, probably should do a quick introduction so everyone has an understanding of what our roles are at Offsec. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Falcon Spy, why don't you go first and uh, introduce yourself and what your role is? Yeah, uh, so I'm Falcon Spy, one of the admins here on this server also, uh, but I'm the community ambassador for OFSEC. I kind of help handle the Discord or any other kind of small projects or some of, the, some of the even larger projects that uh, TJ needs help with or just, you know, delegates to me to handle, so. Awesome. Harbinger, how about you? Hello, everybody. I'm the product manager for the content team. I help our content developers uh, determine which content they're going to produce and uh, help organize that production. Great. It's, uh, uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, Elwood, how about you? Um, I've been at OFSEC for a very long time. Um, operated as the lead instructor for the live version of PWK um, for for years. Um, I head up the uh, Kali Linux project, um, and then I got some sort of title within within the company. But I basically just get involved in everybody's business. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful to you for Kali Linux. If that's uh, if that if that helps. Uh, he's he's a being lot. a little too modest. Okay. He's also uh, our chief content developer. Wow, very. Uh, I'm. We're very glad to have you here as well, TJ. No, I'm sure you require no introduction, but I'll let you do it anyways. Well, thank you, Al. I appreciate that. Um, so my name is TJ Noll. I'm the community manager for Fed Security. A lot of you guys probably have known me for writing the guides and also making the big list as well too. But. Um, I really enjoy working for OSSEC and also getting to work with you guys and help you guys be successful in your careers. That's awesome. It's great to have um, such a such a fantastic panel of visitors here. I really do thank you all for uh, uh, for turning up. Um, all right, let's just go ahead and hop into the uh, hop into the questions. 
Um, any of any of you can feel free to answer these if you have if you have things to say. We're just going to have a discussion about them, really informal. Uh, so the first one, uh, offensive security has historically been very tight-lipped about the OSCP exam. Um, you could argue it's the worst kept secret in the industry, uh, but regardless, OFSEC them, uh, themselves say very little uh, about what is on the exam, um, and uh, and their students have come to expect that kind of. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, can we, like, uh, what prompt this sudden transparency in making this exam change? And can we expect further transparency uh, from uh, in, in future matters? Um, I, I can take first crack at it. Um, so I would say, I'm I'm going to speak for myself, and and we're we're a bigger company. Though there's a lot of different opinions, a lot of different ways of approaching things. Um, very much more of what you'd call a offset traditionalist. Um, where I wish that we were in a world where we could keep things, uh, where we could remain tight-lipped and keep things secret. I think that walking into an exam environment and um, having to think on your feet and and be surprised and demonstrate your mastery is good and it's important. Back in the day, we had a smaller number of students. Uh, if a student went through the exam and then they went online, they started posting on blogs or, or talking wherever, giving out information about what the exam was like. It was very easy for us to reach out and say, hey, you know what, we'd rather you not do that. Please, you know, take that down. And generally speaking, all the students were very, very respectful and, and they would do it and it wouldn't be a problem. And we were able to keep things really tight as we grew and the, the OSCP became very popular and uh, people started chasing it so much. Our ability to kind of keep a clamp on that sort of information goes out the window. It's it's just not realistic whatsoever to, to keep pushing that boulder up the hill. It's never, never going to occur. So as we go into this, this situation where we're going to make this, um, this, this, this structure change, this is not a change that we traditionally would have talked about because there would be no reason to. You should be walking in relatively blind anyways. However, we know and, and acknowledge that there's so many people that are working off of uh, you know, these community disclosed uh, strategies and structures and approaches and whatnot. They're not necessarily always what we recommend, uh, but we know that people are are listening to that and following it. And the last thing we want to have occur is someone to be in a high stress situation where they're taking the exam anyways, be expecting a certain structure, and then they connect and their world is turned upside down and everything is different. So as a courtesy, we wanted to make sure that people understood that things are going to possibly be a little bit different than um, than what they necessarily expected when they connected. Um, again, just you know, hitting probably what's going to be some later questions. I'll say that I was surprised at some of the um, some of the uh, response that we received on this. Uh, simply from our perspective, uh, when we did the content update in February 2020, so quite a while ago, we stated at that point there will be a time where this content will be um, integrated into the exam and you should expect that. Uh, we gave it more than ample opportunity for students to cycle through. The last thing we wanted to have occur is to change the exam structure on somebody that is working off of older material. They, we don't want to force someone to have to do an upgrade when 
you know, you've already invested time, you've bought material, and now I got to purchase a content upgrade. And, you know, we don't want to have that situation occur. We watch the numbers, we hit a point where we could safely go ahead and make this change without really forcing anybody to have to purchase additional uh, content, additional material. And so from our perspective, this was going to be a simple courtesy uh you know notification that this this change will be taking place you should have already been studying the the material our guidance has always been that any content that's in the course can and will show up in the exam at some point um so the obviously there was a bit of a disconnect there and and, and you know some people are surprised and some people um are are having some some heartburn over that and so you know, it's it's good to have opportunities like this to to connect and, and kind of talk through some of those issues. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow up there. Um, I would also describe myself as a quote unquote traditionalist, where I, I also believe that an exam ought to test you on any subset of the material because it's meant the purpose of the exam from our perspective is so that when you get that credential, you can walk into a job interview or to your current employer and say, I know this stuff where this stuff represents everything that is covered in the course. Um, to the extent that the exam covers only a subset, if if you go to them, your employer and say, hey, we I, I have this certification, but it really only shows that I can do X and Y and not Z, um, then that's something additional that we would have to put there. Uh, we don't want to do that. We want you to be able to, to say rightfully so that you know all the material that's covered. Um, part of... The reason why I think, and this is just speculation on my part now, but part of the reason why I believe there's been such a mixed response, because there are a lot of people who are uh, understanding and supportive of, of the decision here, um, is that there are a lot of these blog posts out there and a lot of these, these commentary online about what the exam is like, how many machines, how many points. And um, like Jim said, it's, it's, it's not at the point where we can really um, clamp down on all that information. And it isn't because um, it isn't because we're we're mean and we want students to to you know suffer. It's because we genuinely believe that the best way to experience what it's like to to be a pen tester and to take an exam like this is to do so without prior information. Um, the ability to go into an unknown situation, to feel that stress and deal with it, and uh, figure out how you're going to respond to it, is part of the examination structure. Um, it's part of why it's 24 hours and not six. Uh, it's part of why it, ha it is structured the way that it is with the amount of machines and the amount of points. All this is um, designed in a way to, to help simulate what a little bit of a pen test is like. And of course, there's many things to say about how a penetration test is multiple weeks and not 24 hours in a row, and you don't need to submit a, a report the day after. Uh, we can we can definitely talk about all these different um, different items, but fundamentally, though, the purpose of an exam is not just to test the knowledge, but also the mindset and the methodology and all the other things that we want PWK to to be for you. Um, so that's just a little bit of the background of of why we have things set up that we're and why Jim says that in an ideal world we would want students to know nothing about the exam before going in. We recognize that today that's not possible anymore, um, both because of the number of people seeking out the the certification and just because of the um, 
let's say the amount of experience students are coming into PWK with is such that they don't necessarily have that um, pen testing mindset already. Uh, many years ago, most of our students were already in the field. Uh, so that changed how we were able to do things. Um, and today we're in a position where we, we recognize that there's a large subset of people who are looking to get into pen testing and that's fantastic. And so we are looking to do things differently uh, in order to support as many people as possible. And I think that a lot of OSCP, the respect that OSCP has in the industry comes from pen testers, real pen testers in the real world who went through it and see how similar it is uh, to how good, how good of a job you guys have done in making, in making it feel like a real pen test. Yeah, the, I mean, like in real pen tests, you're going to feel anxiety. You're going to be time crunched and you're going to be, and you're going to need to perform under those conditions. And a lot, and, uh, it's, that simply is the a fact of the matter. Uh, so I, I, we, I, I know as a pen tester in the real world that I'm a strong proponent of OSCP, despite it's, uh, the flaws that it historically has had, um, just because of that mindset and that workflow that you guys are talking about. So, uh, you guys have done a great job with that. Um, any more to say on that, uh, on that, on that particular question? I think you guys, uh, answered that pretty strongly. Yeah, yeah, the I, only I, thing I'm, I'd, I'd add is just that I, um, I feel, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. You, anybody's free to, to correct me if they think otherwise. Um, I feel like this transparency isn't quite sudden. I think that over the past, I don't know, arbitrary numbers, but two, three years, maybe we've been um, seeking to be a little bit more transparent about upcoming changes. And uh, I think that that is something that you can expect. Will we say for every course and every exam exactly what's going to be on it at one time? No, because again, we'd rather cultivate this mindset of I am prepared for the exam because I know the course material. And so you don't need to know what, what everything that's on it. Um, but yeah, in general, transparency we think is good. Fantastic. All right. Agreed. So, um, well, we kind of answered this question. We kind of answered this question already a little bit, uh, but like the o so the OSCP exam has been in its current in the current structure in which it currently exists for quite a while. It was that way when I took it years ago, um, and uh, I even made a whole YouTube video, which I will have to now remake uh, about about how to prepare for the OSCP exam properly. Um, but uh, so what what prompts the change? Why now in particular? What you got? I mean, I, I mean, if if you ask me, this change was a long time coming, but. Uh, like, uh, I think a lot of people are wondering what, what, I mean, why the sudden change now and why the relative, like some people have said it's also short notice. Why the short notice until January 11th when the, uh, the new exam takes effect? Yeah, I, I guess I would argue, I don't believe it's short notice. I believe it's two years notice, um, which was, might sound a bit tone deaf to, to, to some people, but, you know, realistically, that's we we made that change and there was there was some discussion about not even about making this this change without um pre-announcing it like this because it was already communicated i think there's there might be arguments fair arguments about like how and where that communication is um you know we've always been very allergic to spamming people and to a certain extent we need to figure out um a little bit better in terms of when uh, emails to students will be welcome and when they will not um we usually are very conservative and um 
fall on the uh, on the other side where we don't um, we don't spam um, as much as as we can. Uh, in in terms of why now um, with that change, I, I mentioned that part of the deal is we wanted to make sure that students could cycle through and not be forced into. Um, having to purchase upgrades if they decided they didn't want to. Um, I believe there's, I think it's single digits in terms of the number of students are, that are left. Uh, realistically, I wish we would have actually made this change earlier. I, I agree with the concept that this is a long time coming. Um, uh, now is, you know, the only, only time better than yesterday is today uh on mm. on so much of this and um you know we, we we could do it with minimal impact to students uh the infrastructure was there um everything's tested out and um where we could maintain the difficulty level without things uh really becoming more difficult um anything i'm missing there harb at all uh, i think you you definitely addressed the, the like two-year gap um part really well i think the only part that i will add is just that in terms of like the moment of announcing this on December 1st and implementing it into January 11th, um, for us, that seems like a long period of time to study uh, what is really not a large portion of the course. Uh, it may be a large portion of the exam now, but to actually go through, let's say you have never studied the Active Directory because you, you didn't want to, you didn't think it would be on the exam. Um, so go through that uh, module and then do the relevant lab machines. We don't think that that's a month endeavor. Um, the the content there isn't the most difficult part of the course. Uh, it's certainly less difficult, in our opinion, than the buffer overflow. Um, so so when we see um, students saying, "Oh, we should have had you know 90 days or more," to us that kind of makes us scratch our heads a little bit. Maybe we're off here. Maybe we should have uh, given more time. But we, we genuinely believe right now, at least, that the timing is, is more than sufficient. I mean, I think I would, uh, I would be inclined to agree. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of silly to me that, you, uh, that, that people, I think a lot of the flack you're getting is of current students of the course who necessarily, who, of course, understandably have a lot of anxiety about their OSCP exam. I know I had a lot of anxiety about it going into it. Um, that's just, um, that's again, par for the course. Um, but now this new wrench is being thrown into the works and they're, uh, they're on social media and you guys are getting some flack for it. Um, but to me, it's a little bit silly sitting back and looking at it objectively for people to have, like, you have this whole portion of the course that deals with active directory and to, to just expect it to not be tested at any point is kind of silly to me, uh, as far as you know, being someone who's gone through an educate gone through education in the past, um, but I think a lot of it stems from people who just have anxiety about the exam, and now they have a little bit more because there's more unknown to it, I suppose. So I you can know, I I get it. Go I can talk. agree with that. I mean, like I so I failed my exam twice before finally passing, and yes, I I knew what the structure was just because there is millions of blog posts about it, and yeah, I can understand the anxiety about the unknown. Um, but at the same time, to the points that uh, Harbinger and Elwood were making earlier, when you go into an exam, you know, you don't know what specifically the professor or your teacher is going to, to test you on when you have it. You just know that, uh, you know, for example, they covered these topics uh, over the, uh, the past, you know, quarter or something, uh, 
last 10 weeks of your class, if you're talking about the final exam, if you will. And um, you you just go over your notes and you study everything or you create your cheat sheet, depending on what, you know, your professor lets you do at, at university. And that that's how you study. You go over all the, the topics. So um, we've said in the past, um, whether it's been our server here on InfoSec Prep, that technically anything in the materials is fair game. And I understand that the, the expectation has been set by previous students with these blog posts and everything uh, about the current structure of five machines, one being buffer overflow. But um, I think, you know, I, I believe that this is definitely a better way per what we're, what we've been discussing here in this conversation, what we've had on our, on the offsec discord server. Um, yeah, I, we probably could have done a little bit better in terms of doing some extra communication with those emails, but to Harbinger's point earlier and El Woods, we, we don't want to spam everyone when we're, we're trying to determine who should receive those emails, who shouldn't. I do like to make a point as well, too. I mean, with the material that's been given as well, you shouldn't skip the Active Directory section that's in the new PWK. I know for some students that are currently, or some old students, right, they're still trying to take the exam that now have to figure out what they need to do for the Active Directory section. Um, you know, the best way I could recommend is either to upgrade and try to get the material and learn about the new Active Directory section that's in there. Um, and, you know, a lot of things realistically that we see in the real world as pen testers now, AD is a big thing that's come into play. And I think with the way we've made this new change where we have, you know, AD being in the exam itself, it's definitely going to play a huge role into also what you're going to be doing in the real world as well as a pen tester. Well, I fully agree. Um, I've told this story on my live stream. I told it the other day, but I got my OSCP, my bright, shiny OSCP. And I went, I got my first pen testing consulting job and I went out on my first internal pen test, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I was dropped in alone on a network of, a, of 1,500 hosts. And and now I'm just like, now what? Like the end, like yeah. the, the end of Finding Nemo when the fish finally get out of the, when the fish get out of the tank and they go across the road and they end up in the, in the ocean in their plastic bags. And they're like, now what? That's what, that's what it was like for me. Because with 1,500 hosts, you're not in a, and like three days to work, Nmap isn't going to cut it for you. You need you need you need some other tools. So I had to learn Active Directory on the fly. OSCP did not prepare me for that. Um, it prepared me to Google, which is what I did that night. Um, it prepared me to persevere, but it did not prepare me for the Active Directory that I faced. Now it does. Your students are welcome. Um, and I think any as any educator is going to say, if you don't test something, your students aren't going to learn it. Uh, if a, if a teacher comes in on the day on a day and says. Um, and, and says, so none of this material is testable. He's just instantly turned off every brain in the room. Uh, like you, the material has to be testable if you expect your students to learn it. Um, so I think I, I fully support this change. So another concern, a lot of, another sticking point that some students are having is about the point distribution. You've made it, it's technically possible to pass the OSCP exam now without Active Directory, um, but it's ex uh, obviously extremely difficult and there's no room for error. Um, what was the reasoning behind behind that behind that change? And I think I know what you guys, we, we already kind of touched on it, but uh, 
what was the reasoning specifically of behind that point distribution? And also the fact that it's an all or nothing sort of scenario. You either get the domain admin and get the 40 points or you don't get any points for the Active Directory section. Um, it's, uh, it's A lot of students are concerned about that. Yeah, I can tackle this one. Um, I think I think as you stated, Al, Active Directory is just so important um, for the modern pen tester. And I, I say the modern pen tester, but but like we've all acknowledged, this this change could have come into effect many years ago. So it's not it's not like this is a new technology that's you know suddenly coming out of nowhere. Um, this is something that pen testers have dealt with for many years. Um, but any anyone who's going into the field right now does need to know it, and so. We want them to be able to say that, hey, I, I know this stuff. So either they have to get it on the exam or they can do it prior to the exam by doing it on the uh, lab report and going through the PWK labs and doing a, um, an, a at least one Active Directory domain. Um, as for the point distribution, I completely understand why it feels scary to have the all or nothing approach there. Um, and I think I can explain it a little bit, but I need to be careful not to provide some spoilers. So. Um, <laughs> The best thing that I can say is if you if you don't understand why the point structure is like that, go through the labs and go through the um, go through the PWK content, and you'll find that you'll find that the answer is kind of self-explanatory once you've done that. There are only three machines um, on the on the AD portion of the exam, and one of them is a domain controller. So to actually have Active Directory techniques, it's got to be an all or nothing. There's no there's no really good way of doing it otherwise. Um, again, I, I don't think I can say very much more than that. Um, but if you're still confused, go through the material first and then see if you're still confused. I'd like to speak with anybody who is, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that you just said. Do we have any other, uh, any other inputs on that, uh, on that particular front? No, not not for me. I, I think Harb covered that really well. Yeah, I think he did. I think he I think he did. Um, so another another thing people are concerned about is like so Active Directory requires a basic uh, basically its own distinct tool set. You gotta you have uh, uh, you got your you got your responder, you got your impacket, you got your bloodhound, uh, you got your crack map exec. Um, are there any? important tool restrictions to be aware of specific to Active Directory responses, or act, these Active Directory boxes. Um, I, I, I think I can think of two in particular that I'm concerned about. I know, for example, um, like on the OSCP exam, you guys really, you, you like ARP spoofing is not allowed and that sort of thing. And Responder doesn't really do that, but it does do spoofing. Um, so is the is uh, is responder in particularly banned in particular banned is crack map exec banned is the things that crack map exec does considered automatic exploitation in some cases because um, it can do things like run mimicats and dump the uh, and and uh, uh, download the LSAS process and so on and so forth. Um, so I think I think a lot I've, a lot of people are asking in the chat right now uh, what what tool set should they be cultivating for the Active Directory portion of the exam. I'm going to give a little bit of a non-answer and a little bit of an answer, uh, and hopefully the pitchforks don't come out here. So to back up just a little bit, in general, the idea with restricted tools on the exam is we want the student to be able to understand everything that they're actually executing and what's happening on the machine. Um, that means that if there's a tool that finds and then exploits the same thing, um, that's generally not going to be allowed because 
there doesn't need to be understanding to actually run that. You just run the script and, oh, look at, look at that, there's a shell. Um, for Active Directory in particular, the, that rule is the same. So if there's anything that's going to you know, find the domain, find the three machines, and then exploit them one after the other, or even, even one at a time, um, that's not going to be allowed. We recognize that there's a little bit more um, uh, ambiguity here in terms of, of what will fall into that category and what isn't. And traditionally, we don't really publish a, you know, a, a big list of tools because they change all the time. Uh, and it's it's really unfeasible to keep that up to date. Um, then you have tools like like you mentioned Responder, where a portion is allowed, a portion is not allowed, and it becomes really up to the student to um, know what they're running. That's another aspect of it. We we want students to understand the gravity of executing something against a target machine, against a, an environment that's not your own that you've been asked to to penetrate and attack and do bad things to, um, you should understand what it is that you're doing. Um, this all said, we are compiling an FAQ. That FAQ is going to address some of these questions. I don't know if it's going to satisfy everyone. Um, if you have more questions about, about what uh, tools are allowed, if, that, if we publish that FAQ and it's still very ambiguous and you're not sure, uh, definitely reach out and um, we can we can try to adjust that and make it more clear. Um, but I can say from the outset, what we will not do is publish a list of 100 tools that are allowed and, and 100 tools that are not allowed, because uh, that's that's just not going to be able to to scale over time. I think that's totally reasonable. Uh, so to clarify, something like Bloodhound is is would be allowed, uh, obviously, because it doesn't it's it's purely an enumeration tool. Um, but uh, something like Death Star. Um, um, uh, which is basically an automated, it, it, it basically attempts to do an NTLM relay all the way to domain admin uh, in a completely automated sense. Uh, something like Death Star would not be allowed. Um, and uh, I think I think it's totally reasonable to um, expect your to to expect your students to use discretion because again, there's new tools being made all the time. So there's no way you could possibly have a comprehensive list in the first place. Um, I just, I just want to jump in. I'm, I'm taking a look at the text chat a little bit. Um, it looks like there's confusion over like the amount of machines. So there are two there are two client machines in the Active Directory, in the Active Directory portion of the exam, and then there's also one domain controller. So three in total. Oh, my mistake then. Shoot, I said one, and I'm getting in giving in incorrect information. Thanks for correcting <laughs> me. All good. All good. Um, but the only yeah. other thing I'd throw out regarding tools is. I think you should take a good look at what tools you need in order to perform in the PWK lab. And I, I, I think a lot of times people, this goes back to the anxiety aspect of this and, and we all know the anxiety is real and listen, it's intentional. That's part of what we're, we're trying to do is to make sure you're able to perform in a high stress environment. That's why that's part of why the, the test is structured as it is. Uh, but along with that, there is that aspect of, there's a lot of anxiety with this change. It's once you see it, it's not going to be as bad. We're in a tough situation where we can't talk and give away too much. But the PWK labs, you spend the time in there, you see essentially what you're going to wind up having to be dealing with. So, you know, that if you if you're nervous, 
that's where you look for reassurance. Great. Yeah, uh, I would, uh, I would agree. But going off of that, um, so at least when I now this, it, things are a little bit different now. So, uh, when I took the exam or when I, when I took OSCP several years ago, um, the course was actually fairly sparse and most of what you needed to learn was learned like, like in the, in the gauntlet of a, of the PWK labs. It was learned by just doing boxes in the PWK labs and learning trial by fire. That was the, the, that was the, uh, sort of the methodology back then. Now, since then, the course has been yeah. expanded and revamped, and I have not seen the new course. I don't know what's in it. Um, and I know I know it has Active Directory. I know it's greatly expanded, and I know people like it a lot. Um, but I don't know how comprehensive it is now. But even so, it's been well known that people will encounter things on the exam that they didn't necessarily encounter in the in the in the course. Um, it's and that's and that's that comes from because that comes from your guys's intent to teach a workflow, to teach a methodology, to teach yourself not to teach every single possible way of doing exploitation, but to teach the student how to teach themselves how to do exploitation on the fly. Um, with the new addition of Active Directory to the exam, can people expect to need to use Active Directory related techniques that are not covered in the course, specific, that are not specifically covered in the course? Hopefully that question was clear. Yeah, so so in general, um, not just speaking about AD, but, but just all the course content, the idea with PWK and indeed any of our courses really is, is to foster a methodology and a mindset on how to think through these problems. Um, you said yourself, you, you went into your first engagement, you didn't know what to do, but you knew how to find out what to do. And that's really right. the key skill, um, that we're teaching here. Um, I don't think that there are any techniques in the exam that are not covered, at least in passing in the course or in the labs. Um, there are variations on techniques. Sure. Not every exploit is going to be covered in the course. That's not, that's not possible. Uh, and we also don't want to provide a um, a situation where the student can just memorize, right? So mm -hmm. if you're going through the content and you're able to just memorize, okay, exploit or vulnerability A means exploit one and vulnerability B means exploit two, and you just kind of create a list for yourself, uh, that's not doing you any favors because you will find something that you won't know eventually, whether it's on the exam or it's in a real life scenario. The reason why pen testing is a thing is because there are things that people don't know, right? If everybody knew everything there was to know about security, we wouldn't have this conversation at all. Um, so there has to be stuff on the exam that isn't going to be covered directly in the course and in the labs. But I would argue that there's nothing fundamentally um, different about the exam compared to the labs. Um, and, you know, I've never had anybody challenge me on that point, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, there are new machines being developed all the time by our wonderful labs team. Um, but our, our goal is to have stuff that is very, very close to and adjacent to the material that's in the course. Um, and so bringing it back to Active Directory, same thing. If you go through the Active Directory um, material in the course and you go through the labs and you go through the sandbox, sandbox.local, the, uh, the final chapter of, of PWK, um, you will have the tools. I don't mean this in the, the technical sense. I mean this in the mental sense. You have the mental tools to understand what you need to do to uh, when you encounter 
a similarly challenging AD scenario. Um, and we think that that is completely sufficient for what you will need for the exam. Fantastic. I think that's going to put a lot of people's minds at ease. Um, so basically just go through the go through the course, understand the course, understand what it says about Active Directory, and you should be prepared uh, for the exam. Uh, so that's, I, again, I think that's going to put a lot of people's mind at ease. So the, la the last of the, um, the questions I have prepared here is just a simple, overall, what do you hope to achieve with these changes? Jim, you want to tackle this one? I think that's a, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good question. Uh, what do we hope to achieve? I mean, the the goal is always to allow the OSCP to be a foundational level certification uh, that reflects the times. Uh, it's it's gone through a number of changes over the years um, in terms of what's in there, some of the approach. Uh, this isn't the first time we've made a structure change to this. Uh, realistically, it just needs to maintain its relevance and reflect the, the era that it's operating in. Um, I'm not going to sit back and say that it's uh, hasn't lagged a little bit. Um, you know, there's reasons and reasons, whatever. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, we're, we've moved a little bit slow on some of this. Um, but it's there today. And uh, I, I would you know, mention, uh, stay on your toes, uh, because now that we've, we've made, you can actually kind of see this in, in a lot of the things that we've been doing lately. There, there's a bit of, you got to make a breakthrough, um, with some of these older items that are a bit long in the teeth and ready for, for an upgrade. And then once we make that initial upgrade, it becomes so much easier for us to, to keep them updated a little bit at a time. And so now that this has happened with the exam it's go i'd say stay on your toes going forward i think it's a good that's definitely a really good idea so any any other last inputs on the on the on that like it's good to hear that you guys aren't just trying to you know dick over your students or anything that you that you're doing this for their <laughs> own good and stuff like that like so good I, I would say I would say one one thing, and I, I see it hasn't come up here, but I, I see it come up, you know, other places. And um, one one thing that I think is is really important that people understand is I, I hear the criticism that we like it when a student fails because we make more money off of it. And I I, I, I got to tell you, that's not how we make our money. Uh, we we do not operate certification as a revenue generator. Our revenue comes from you sign up, you take a course, you like the experience, you get something out of it, and you want to take another. You're not really going to move and take another course and buy another course from us until you wrap up the exam stage that you're in. And if you wind up in this spot where you're just in a cycle of retaking the exam over and over again, understand we're losing money at that point where it's better off if you're going up that stack or sideways into other courses and buying more product from us. But our certifications are only going to have meaning in the industry and to you and, and to anybody if 
you have to actually work to earn them. And so we won't compromise what it takes to actually earn the certification, even if it means that we make less money. That that aspect of, of maintaining the integrity of both the courseware and the exam process is critical to us. That it's important for us to maintain our relevance as an organization going forward, especially as we expand out into other product areas that we traditionally have not been. And it's important to to make sure that, as, as you say, we don't dick over all these students that have put in their blood, sweat, and tears fighting to earn these certifications. And then all of a sudden we do something to make it trivial to, to obtain the certification because we want to crank up some numbers and uh, get people through. Once you've earned that certification, we have an obligation to you to make sure that it still means something in the market tomorrow. And um, everything that we're doing, some of the things are going to be popular. Some of the things are not going to be popular. But understand our intent on these is, yes, we're a business. We want to make money. We have to make money. That money that we're making from training, that's what funds Cali. That's what funds ExploitDB. That's what funds VolnHub. That's what funds the development of additional training in other areas that if we stay true to our, our guns and we keep things together, ideally should be industry leading just like the other items that, that we traditionally have been known for. We can't do those things unless we make money. We're not going to apologize for that. It has to happen. But we need to do so in a way that maintains integrity of product and is fair to the students. That's, um, that's just critical across the board. And that, that's, that's what our goals are. Some of these times we're going to make mistakes. Some of the times we're going to do something that we know is to be right, but it's not going to be popular. And we're just going to have to stay that course. And that's how it is. And other times we'll have to make mistakes and correct. And I think you've seen that happen recently on some of the items like downloadable content and the subscriptions. You know, those uh, those are going to happen as well. And that's where feedback is important to make sure that we understand, you know, are, are we really right or do we just think we're right? So you, you got to you got to continue to to cast those stones. Those are welcome. Uh, but understand, sometimes we're going to take action on them and other times we're not. I think that's really well said. Um, I, and I, and, um, I know I personally have a lot of respect for offensive security and I think, uh, I think you guys are putting a lot of minds at ease. I've got my finger on the pulse looking at the chat here. I think you guys are putting a lot of minds at ease, uh, with this discussion. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, I'm going to ask some questions if it's okay with you guys, if in case, in case, if anyone has a hard stop and needs to take off, that's by all means do so. Uh, but if it's okay, I'm going to ask some questions that are being asked in the chat. Yeah, let's keep good? going. That's good. Yeah, okay, great. Um, so a lot of people are asking about Proving Grounds practice. Um, I do Proving Grounds play on my live stream a lot. Um, uh, but people are asking specifically about the subscription, uh, the, the subscribed model, uh, if there can be more Active Directory content. As To my understanding, there is already some of it there. I have not, I have not done any Proving Grounds practice yet. Um, but, uh, to my, uh, but people are asking if there can be more active directory there to allow people to practice AD prior to taking OSCP and maybe after they take PWK so that they can prepare for the exam. Yeah. Um, we hear you. I, I think there's a couple things to say to that. There is some AD in the PG practice today. Um, but also understand that when we construct these items, PWK, the courseware, 
the videos, the labs, and the exam. That is a tightly integrated stack. When we put work and effort into what needs to be done to prepare for the OSCP, it is within that stack. As we grow as an organization, uh, we will have uh, any number of other ancillary products, and PG Practice is one of them. I think with the advent of the library and the subscriptions to that library and the additional non-course-related content that will be appearing in there, there is any number of other areas where people can find value that may help them uh, with the exam preparation and their their learning journey. Uh, but when it comes to where we put our work and where we put our effort into that uh, preparation, it is within the PWK Pen 200 OSCP stack. Again, the, the content, the videos, the lab, and the exam. And so if we identify that there's additional areas that need to be done, uh, need to be created in terms of uh, helping students prep, that's going to be the first place we look. Um, if other areas uh, turn out to be useful, that's great. That's good. Um, but that's also going to most likely be unintentional um, as we work to improve those products as to be completely viable as standalone um, strong options within the industry. Uh, you know, so they stand on their own feet. Right. We're also getting um, uh, Falcon Spy. You're saying in the chat that uh, I like uh, the, and TJ, TJ, you're seeing you're saying in the chat also that you're going to be adding those to your you're going to be adding some Active Directory related boxes on Hack the Box to your, uh, uh, to your infamous, your your well, your famous list of OSCP similar machines, and we we we're grateful for that because I think a lot of, um, for being such a large part of the exam, I I think a lot of students are concerned with like there's relatively little ways to practice Active Directory uh, as they're seeing it right now. I I think there's actually a lot of resources out there to help you prepare for Active Directory or, you know, learning more about Active Directory itself. It just depends on the time and the commitment you want to have to put into that effort, you know, and especially if you already have the PWK course materials, as Elwood said, you know, the stuff that we teach in the course material itself, the lab environments that we have set for AD there are going to help you at least get a start on what you need to do for that new version of the exam. Now, I can't say exactly what the exam looked like because I haven't gone through it yet. I haven't seen the boxes in the environment, but at least from my experience, and I know from many of you as well, too, that are listening right now, um, a lot of the material really in the course really just helps you get started, right, on where you need to learn, what you need to focus on. And then also, you know, what skills do you need to learn about so that you are ready and prepared for the exam itself, even if you fail, right? You still know what points you're missing, what things you know you can improve on and try to make yourself better, you know? And like I say, not many people really do pass the first time, and that's okay. But as long as you continue to push forward, try to be creative on the things you're looking at and have a different perception of things that you're also looking into, then you're going to be able to have a better understanding of what you need to figure out in the real world when it comes to a, a unknown pen testing environment that you get. So, um, so with the list and the resources that I have too already you know, made public, I can't say what other boxes are going to be adding to this list, um, but it'll be coming up in the future. We'll see a new update soon. A thing to probably note, though, with TJ's list, um, while TJ does 
work at Offsec, that's something he does in his own time, and it doesn't reflect anything that we at Offsec say is, you know, a great way to prep. It's just something that's supposed to be supplemental that TJ has also done in his spare time to to help the community, at, in, you know, in a broad sense, not just like members of the Offsec community. Yeah, and uh, I mean, as someone who's done, I've done a fair bit of Active Directory on my stream, and I've talked about it a lot. I'm a red teamer, so Active Directory is kind of a when I, uh, well putting it putting it the way I mean, Active Directory is uh, is well known to me at this point. Um, but uh, I can recommend uh, Try Hackme's Throwback Lab is very very good for learning basic Active Directory. Um, that's a, that is a resource that's available. There are many hack the box machines that deal with active directory, even if they're just a single machine. Um, and, uh, and there are of course many ways to learn pivoting and tunneling techniques. Uh, so, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, just it, even it, even it outside of the OSCP exam, remember OSCP is not teaching you is not just teaching you the course, the content that's specifically contained in the course. It's teaching you how to teach yourself. So, um, try harder to find content that, uh, <laughs> that allows you to practice. Um, so this is an, this is an interesting question. Um, can, so P, uh, there, so a, a well-known uh, factor about the exam is that you guys don't give any, uh, any input at all. Like you just, it's like when you get your email after the exam, they just tell you if you passed or failed, there's no input on what your points were, uh, where you fell short. Uh, what could have been what you could have done better or whatever. Uh, so what an interesting question was, is there ever going to have plans of actually giving feedback after the exam? It's a story I've heard a thousand times of someone's coming to me and saying, Al, I got 70 points on my exam, but I failed. Why did this happen? And I said, well, your report probably sucked. Uh, like the report is the most important part. You have to do the report. Uh, and if you're, and if you don't do, you don't follow the requirements, they're going to dock points off and they don't give feedback, but I know that the students would really like it to know what they did wrong so they can know how to improve. Is there any plans on that in the future? Yeah, I mentioned this yesterday as well. Um, for those who, who happen to be in our own discord, um, I would love if we could write a tailored, a tailored response to every exam, uh, an exam is hard. You're taking a lot of time out of your day. You are. Uh, preparing for it, it's stressful. You're you feel like like there's a lot on the line. We understand that. Um, the fact is, there are many, many, many exams coming in every day, and to write a customized why X failed over Y uh, is very time consuming and also not necessarily super easy. Um, if you ever try it, it's it's it can be it can be a little bit difficult. That said. Um, we recognize that there's there's a demand for it. We recognize that there's um, that it would help a lot of people. So one of the things that we are playing around with is trying to understand if we can have sort of templates that um, that different different reports would fall into. So you know uh, your report didn't cover enough material. Your uh, I'm making things up because these aren't the actual rules. But uh, your report had uh, 500 pages of output that shouldn't have been there. We don't actually dock points for that, but just as an example. Um, so yeah, we, we, we recognize the issue. We would like to solve it. We don't have any easy or easily implementable solutions right now offhand, but, uh, we hear you. And, um, as a, like, you know, as an individual and as individuals, we'd love to be able to do that if we could. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I understand that you have a lot of students that are taking the OSCP in any given time. So it's uh, it's understandable that you can't provide personalized feedback, but uh, uh, I know that students would uh, would appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know a lot of people are concerned. One thing that pe people are concerned about is like they took the PWK, their OSCP exam is scheduled. I know I had to wait. Uh, I was an idiot and waited to schedule my exam until I was like close to the end the end of my lab time um, when I took it. So I had to wait a couple of months for my exam. Uh, there was a lag time between the end of PWK and my exam. Uh, so there there are some people right now who are in that lag time who have scheduled their OSCP exam um, uh, for January, post-January 11th, and uh, their PWK lab time has expired. So they're kind of panicking because... Like, the exam structures changed. They didn't really dig as deep into the Active Directory as maybe they should have. Uh, and now they're kind of scrambling uh, to, to figure out how we get, how, how, they, uh, how they figure their stuff out. Is there any, are there any plans for, is there any way that they could maybe um, purchase more lab time at a discount uh, between now and January 11th just to give them that, that chance to practice and go through that, those modules in the course? You want me to take first bat at this hard? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so realistically, we're getting the feedback, and um, most of us have been on the road uh, traveling, uh, delivering training this week. So we have not, uh, and I don't. I think Monday will probably be the first time where I'll, I'll actually be. I'm going to miss that meeting. Um, but I, I believe this will be talked about Monday in one of the, the LT calls. And um, at that point is where we're going to be going through uh, some of the feedback and what the options will be, uh, what we can, what we cannot do in, in terms of, of response, what we should, what we should not do. I don't want to make any promises one way or the other on, on anything since those discussions have not even occurred. Um, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good feedback. There's some noise, but there, there's also been a lot of good feedback as well. Um, and I, I think I would like to think that we've shown that, you know, we we do have ears and, and we try to use them. Uh, and so we'll we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. Um, uh, I definitely hear that that um, that circumstance um, and we'll see. We'll see what can be done. Gotcha. I think you're, uh, you got it. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the chat who would appreciate that. Um, uh, so here's, here's another, oh, did someone else have something to say? No. Okay. Um, uh, some people are asking about Metasploit usage in the active directory section. So, um, my guess is that what you're going to say is that Metasploit usage remains the same. Like you can use it on one box. Uh, and, uh, and you can use all the modules on one box, like the, the current Metasploit rules will still stand. However, when it comes to Active Directory, some of those, like, uh, some of that you may have to do port forwarding or whatever, and Metasploit does have the ability to port forward. So let's say you use Metasploit to compromise one of the Active Directory hosts, and you then want to pivot to a different one using the auto route feature. Um, would that be allowed in the new exam? I'm just, uh, is there any... Is there any um, change to the Metasploit policy um, w with regards to this Active Directory stuff? 
So for now, no. The like you said, the the rule is you can use it on one machine. Um, we've we've heard the feedback though that oh, we should be able to use it to to do something like port forwarding. So we are discussing that and seeing if we want to make a change there. Uh, but right now, the exam has been designed to accommodate one machine. Gotcha. That's uh, it's simple, short, and sweet. Um, okay, here's a here's an interesting question. I doubt you're. Uh, I, I, I I'm not sure how you're going to answer this one. Um, but do you the, those who you know those who have seen the new exam is do they feel that the I mean this is completely subjective as well. But the the chat is curious. Has the addition of AD made the exam easier in your opinion? Um, yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, easy. So whenever someone asks about easiness, sort of the canned response is, "Well, easiness is subjective," um, and this is this is true to let's say a ninety percent extent because some people have minds that work in certain ways and they grasp certain concepts easier than others. Uh, for example, for myself, I struggled a lot with privilege escalation, but only on the Windows side. For whatever reason, I've never used Linux before um, before really getting into security, but the way that it's organized just works for my brain, and Windows really doesn't, even though I've used it much more. Um, so for people who've never seen Active Directory before and didn't go through the content and didn't go through the labs, it could be challenging. For those who did go through it, uh, I think I think objectively, the amount of technicality required there is less than going through a debugger and, you know, make developing an exploit really from scratch. Um, that's my opinion. In terms of just general easiness of the exam, though, um, I'd ask that please recognize we're not we're not just putting in Active Directory and calling it done. Um, the whole exam is developed as a single entity so that it's really well rounded and that someone going through it. Um, is demonstrating skills from all these different areas. So the 24-hour exam itself, including, so now there are six machines, right? Um, those six machines take into account the fact that there's there's another one popping up there and the, the different vectors and different uh, point distributions reflect the ultimately the same difficulty or something close to it. Gotcha. I mean, uh, I mean, I what I said on my live stream the other day is you shouldn't look at this as you're losing your 25 free points on the buffer overflow if you know what you're doing there. Uh, you should look at this as that now there's 40 free points to have for Active Directory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other thing to say is um, how to phrase this: the there should be no free and no non-free points, right? Like the right. the purpose of an exam again is is to demonstrate that you know the content. So if you know the content, then all the points are free. If you don't know the content, none of the points are free. The mm -hmm. only reason that people are overly prepared for the buffer overflow is because they quote unquote know um, that it's that it's going to be on there, but they don't know that because we told them. They know that because they've read online from blogs and stuff. We would like we would like it to be that you know all the content at a hundred percent. So no matter what we throw at you, we can throw the most devious stuff at you as long as it's covered in the course. You should be able to do it, and you'll get all the points. I think that's very astute. Like I said, I, I think it's very. Any educator will tell you that it's very important to test the material. At least make the students think it's going to be tested, so that they, you know, actually are motivated to learn the material. Um, so I think that 
Uh, I think uh, I think definitely you need if you plan to teach someone off uh, Active Directory, they need to be tested on Active Directory. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, let's see. Uh, a lot of people are wondering if the new exam, like the cer the certification that respond re that results from the new exam, is going to be differentiated in any way from the old ex in from the old certification. Like, I mean. And I, I would expect you guys to say it's just going to be the same OSCP. It just evolves over time. Um, but uh, I'll let you guys answer it to see if there's uh, any nuance there. Yeah, so, so I mean, one thing is that we do have the certification year on the certificate so that if employers really dig down, they can see when someone has gotten it. That said, um, I think there's a few points to make. Let me try to make sure I'm saying this all in order. If an employer is going, oh, you got your OSCP in, in 2022, that means I want to hire you. And uh, this other candidate got it in, in 2019, and I don't want to hire them. I think that employer is doing it wrong. Um, the, the, that's my opinion. But the, the OSCP, like we've always said, is meant to convey mindset. Uh, it's meant to teach you how to, how to tackle a new problem that you've never encountered before. And so that's why we don't put an expiry date on it. That's why you get it for life. Um, to the extent that you know this becomes like a market requirement that you have to, I don't think this is going to happen. But if for whatever reason that's what we end up seeing, uh, then we'll we'll definitely consider and see if we should do anything else. But I think our current stance, and Jim, please uh, jump in, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that um, once, regardless of when you have it, we we think that you have demonstrated you have the metal to take it again at any point in the future and do it again if you had that sufficient knowledge. Um, uh, it's yeah. not about teaching a technology stack. It's it's really about teaching the how and the why. This is this comes down into a training versus education question. Uh, you you have traditional industry training uh, that is very let's say procedural, and then you have traditional education such as like what you would find in a university where uh, you learn theory, but perhaps not something very practical. Uh, I would like to think that OFSEC finds itself in a uh, position in that spectrum between those two that is further towards education while still remaining training than most of the competition. That is why when we cover a topic, we'll go through the theory, how to do it by hand, and, and those sorts of items before we start covering the um, the actual tools that are currently on the market. Over time, those tools are going to change. Oh, uh, the, the best tool for doing XYZ today may not be supported tomorrow. And you still need to be able to perhaps accomplish that goal using a new tool, developing your own, whatever that, court, that, that case may be. Uh, traditional training does not cover that. I, I, I the, I've taken other certs. I've I've been around those blocks in the past, uh, and I remember so many questions that are like, "What is the command line syntax to accomplish?" Yada yada, um, and then you have multiple choice, and you you pick that out. Um, that's that's not the sort of training we do. When you do that sort of training, an expiration date makes total sense. With the when you earn a university degree. You don't necessarily have a situation on the university degree where that expires and you have to go get another one. Uh, I don't want to to 
sound arrogant and say the OSCP is the same as a university degree, but it is further on that spectrum than uh, what a lot of the traditional training is. And that's where that concept of, I've seen it in the chat here, once an OSCP, always an OSCP. That's what we're doing. We're testing not how to use a command line to do this thing today. We're testing uh, your aptitude, your ability to execute, performing in a high-stress situation, communicating your results, uh, being able to follow the rules. Uh, like I know a lot of times people will complain about, oh, there's all these restrictions in the exam. Well, welcome to the real world because every time you do an assessment, you have scope you got to stay within. And if you fall outside of that scope, you're really going to wind up into problems. And uh, that's part of what we're measuring with this. It's, it's your ability to actually perform in a scenario that is as close as reasonably possible to simulate to to a real world circumstance. And uh, that's what we want to maintain. An expiration date on that, I would like to think that we're measuring who you are and who you are and your ability to to execute and and perform and problem solve. Um, That doesn't just go away um, unless we start having to we're still a young enough industry where we're not worried about the majority of our, our certified uh, certification holders having Alzheimer's or something here. So uh, I think we're still in a good spot at this Great. So we're at the conclusion of the hour here. I know that uh, that some of our guests have hard stops. So I want to be respectful of all of your time and, and wrap it up and wrap it up here. I want to thank you guys once again, our guests, for show uh, for being here and uh, talking directly to your students and uh, assuaging a lot of fears. Um, thank you guys so much for being here and for taking part in uh, in this discussion. Um, thank you guys for all that you do for the uh, for for your students as well. I I know I'm a big fan of offensive security, uh, and I and a lot of people a lot of people in here also are. So uh, and the, and part of the reason is because you guys have such great people. Uh, who are who do such a great job educating people on the real world of cybersecurity? So uh, thank you guys once again for being here. Uh, thanks for all the viewers who showed up to listen. Um, we had we had great turnout for this. Um, and uh, and uh, just FYI, we're not leaving you out in the cold. If you feel like you don't know enough Active Directory, you've got there are resources that are coming to you. We're going to be doing some stuff in Infosec Prep in the next coming weeks, and uh, I'm going to be doing stuff on my live stream. Uh, we've got more content coming down the pipe to make sure that you're prepared, that you OSCP students are prepared uh, for the new exam come January 11th. So uh, uh, once again, thanks everyone for being here. Any closing remarks from any of our panelists? I, I want to thank you, you know, for 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 providing the sort of venue uh, and and uh, as echo what you're saying in terms of everybody that shows up for this sort of thing. I 100% appreciate it and uh, this sort of of chance to connect awesome any any time any place you you it makes sense for us to 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 come back and do similar we're here for it uh the the we're we're all in this together and i think that kind of sentiment is what's uh what's is what's really appreciated uh by your students um anyone else uh the other thing is we're we're always open to your suggestions and feedback uh we do listen so if you want you can message tj or i or as well as harbinger or, or elwood on the offsec server um 
while we are listening, we we obviously can't always guarantee or promise that your suggestion or your uh, criticism will be implemented, but we do listen, and if it's possible to be implemented, we we will try. I'll just add in here that um, we really, really, really appreciate the feedback. Um, we we are about this industry. We love this industry. We love teaching, and we love um, being able to support you in your journey. So any any way that we can help you, any way that uh, we are able to do things better, um, you letting us know and being vocal about it does directly translate into the conversations we have and the decisions we make. So keep it coming, please. I guess I'm going last on this one, but uh, I really do want to thank uh, all the listeners here for taking the time out of their day to listen to us talk and hopefully we're able to answer some of your questions that you have. But all as like uh, Harbinger, Falconspine, and Elwood said, we do appreciate your feedback. You know, we, we try to do what we can to make the changes that we believe is right and also do our best as well to help you guys as well in the future. But like as Falconspine mentioned, you know, if you got any questions or just want to talk about some things, have discussions, uh, I'm always here and Falcon Spy is always here as well too to be able to help you guys out. Great. Well, with that, um, I think we're going to wrap. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, again, thank you everybody for taking time out of your day to be here. And uh, I hope you have the great rest of your day, great rest of the weekend, and uh, try harder. Thanks all. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone.